This is 15 Minutes to Freedom. I'm your host, Elite Life Optimization Coach, Ryan Nidell, and today's episode is How Is Your Neck? Today I'm going to share with you a lesson from driving in my car about your neck and what it means. As you might hear as this, as this show has started, it's a little choppy. Right, trying to figure out the right segue in, have been reading some copywriting books and want to make the listener experience even more palatable for you. And so trying to figure out the right hooks on the front side to weave through a story model as I'm sharing with you the impactful tidbits that I like to share. I don't have it down yet. Right? It's a work in progress. I'm still always in the consistent process of progress and don't know that I'll ever reach mastery in much of anything. But the reps along the way sure are fun to put in for me at this point. Because there's something that's happened to me when I spent that week in Costa Rica, right? At Rhythmia Life Advancement Center down there. If you're curious for more information, shoot me an email, Ryan at lifeoptimizationgroup.com. I'm actually bringing people down as a group July 21st to July 28th. I would like to have it be a bunch of like-minded people. I already have six commitments for sure. Another six that are tentative that I'm waiting for confirmation. But it would be truly my honor to have you there as well. Because while I'm at that, at Rhythmia, right, at the resort, there's this message that keeps coming from every ceremony. And that's that there truly is a lesson and a blessing in everything that goes on. And all of this that we experience is a divine orchestration that is greater than our understanding in the moment, but given enough time, we can always look back and have our heightened version of self understand why it had to happen. And so as we go through the airport, leaving Costa Rica, and I have a podcast kit with me, right? And it's a, a Pelican case, very thick, almost seems like bulletproof plastic case, and it's filled with foam to keep all the pieces, right? Two microphones, two microphone stands, two microphone stand bases, the recording device, all of it's in this box, and it's just cut just so. And we go through security, and they stop us. Because I didn't want to check it, right? There's no great way to lock the case that I feel comfortable with, and I don't want it thrown all over the place. I want to keep it with me. There's expensive equipment in there. Not that any airline would ever do anything intentionally, but I don't think it's any big deal. It's just electronics. And we flew down to Costa Rica with it, and it was no, no problem. But flying out of Costa Rica, they pull us to the side and they pull out these, I'll call them metal stands, like the base to the stand. And it's probably three inches by four and a half inches. It's about a half inch thick. And maybe it weighs six pounds, but it's solid, right? You'd screw the microphone stand into this base and it keeps it from toppling over. And we're sitting there and trying to understand Spanish, which admittedly on my behalf is, is rather rusty. And they're saying that they have to confiscate it or I have to check the bag. And I'm polite. I'm trying to negotiate with them about, look, I have a computer in my bag that weighs more than that. I have my fists that I could certainly do damage with. I don't really need this, right? I don't need this stand, but I need it to be able to do part of my job, right? This podcast is, is part of who I am. And that's part of my, almost like my soul in that case. Don't take it from me. And so they asked us to go sit down in a very calm manner, and they're going to take just the stands and put them in our bag that we checked. So I can still take all the expensive equipment with me, and we, we can make all the things work. Well, we're sitting there, and 
I'll say the old me would have been frustrated. Right? Like, maybe not verbalize it externally, but have that story in my head of like, man, like, what in the fuck? Like, what is this? Why can't I just go? But I'm sitting there and it's just, it's almost comical, right? I get to sit in the seat and I get to look at all the stuff that's going on around me and I get to to feel just happy, right? Because where else do I have to be? Sure, the plane's going to take off in an hour and a half and there's all these things we want to eat and but there's a lesson here. There's a there's a gift that's presenting itself right in front of me. Just what is the gift? And the gift ended up being just a sense of awareness because we sit there and Lindsay and I are talking and it's like no one else in the world exists because we can't go anywhere until they get our checked bag off of the plane essentially, bring it over and do all these things. And we sit there for what feels like five minutes but is probably 35 having conversation and communication, talking about our trip and our experience, viewing all the stuff that's around us just in bewilderment of how amazing it is. And the security guard calls us over. Get up and Lindsay actually walks over. He asks us to bring our case. We bring the case over. He says, ah, you know, some things happened. We can't get the bag off the plane. It's too much of a headache. Put them back in your your travel, in your carry-on. Just don't hit anybody with them. Right? And this is my very loose and archaic translation of his Spanish. So I'm sure there were some other words in there that I couldn't understand. And so we put him back in and we laugh about it and we go up the stairs and we continue on our way. But being frustrated in that moment wouldn't have actually changed anything. Kind of. Right? It would have had me miss out on the connection with my wife. It would have had me not notice the people that walk by and the sights and the sounds and the smells and the general happiness of the people as they pass by. Right in Costa Rica, they have a saying that is pura vida. P-U-R-A-V-I-D-A. Which is like living the good life. And they use that in such a way that it almost starts and ends every, every conversation. But not in the way that we in the States would say hello or goodbye. In a way that they truly feel like they are living an incredible life. Now, they might not have the transportation we have. They don't have the road systems we have. They don't have the access to things on demand that we have. They don't have the housing that we have. But to them, none of that is as important as just being in the moment. And all this came from just the lesson. The lesson of being present. Which spins into the lesson from today. Because as I'm blending my green smooth this morning, as I do every morning... And my wife has been kindly, but directly jabbing at me to put the lid on the blender. We have a Vitamix, and it's a variable speed Vitamix with a knob on the front. Then a switch on the left-hand side that says, you know, normal speed or high speed. When you flip to high speed, it it just goes. There's no adjustment, you know, variable adjustment to the speed. So I've got my blender loaded with 45 ounces of water, maybe even a little bit more. The blueberries, the spinach, the cherries, the banana the flaxseed, the hemp seed oil, the brain octane, right? I've got all these things in the blender. And I look and I see the rotary knob is down on one. Right, I'm already thinking about what I have to do next. This is an automatic function for me. I've done it so many times. I'm so used to it. It just slowly takes it from one to 10. By the time we get to 10, nothing spills out of the top. It's nice and blended and, and everything's good. In the back of my mind, I can hear my wife's voice saying, she's not awake yet, put the lid on the blender. Now, it's completely out of laziness that I don't do it because I don't want to wash the rubber lid. 
the chia seeds stick to it, and it's just another step that I try to avoid. Wouldn't you know, when I flip on the blender and the knobs on one, I didn't pay attention to the detail that the switch itself was on high. And so 45 to 50 ounces of fluid explodes all over the kitchen. Now, as soon as I flip it on, I notice that it happens. So it's, it's literally on off, but it is over. It's on the ceiling. It's on the floor. It's on all the ingredients that are around. It's on our countertops. It's on the cabinets. If you can name something in the kitchen, my, my smoothie's everywhere. I'm like, man, what's the lesson here? Literally verbatim in my mind. Like I'm laughing at myself. I flip the switch. I'm like, what am I supposed to learn here? Well, of course, details matter. Pay attention to details. Of course, probably listen to other people, like my wife. She might actually know best. And really the biggest one is just to be present in the moment. Because I had not been focused on what was coming. I had not been looking at the clock to say I have 27 minutes before I have to leave for the gym. And how do I get in front of the, the red light? And how do I do all these other things? I probably would have caught it. But instead, I got to spend the next 17 minutes cleaning up the mess that I had made and blending yet another smoothie. And as I blend the smoothie... Like I, I twist and I turn and I notice that my neck feels tight for a sec, for some reason, right? I don't know what it is, but drink the smoothie. Things are cleaned up. I stand in front of the red light. I, I get out the door. Now, admittedly, I'm about six minutes late. There's no way for me to make up time. I'm not even going to try. Just accept the fact that I made a mistake. I'm going to be six minutes late. So I'm driving to the gym and driving to the gym and just focused on my day. What's coming? Still not fully being present in the moment. Get to the boxing gym. As again, that's the only thing I'm doing right now in the morning. And begin to, to box. Right, first day back in quite some time after being in Costa Rica. So it was a little rusty to be expected. But now I'm showering at that gym. I'm not going to another gym. And I shower and I get myself ready. And then I go hop in the truck. As I hop in the truck, just as you might do, I put... Put it in reverse because I pulled frontwards into a parking space. It's up against a building. The little backup camera comes on the screen and it shows, you know, what I'm about to hit. But I still look over my shoulders. I want to make sure that I can't, I can't do anything. Like I'm not going to run into another object, person, car, dog, animal, don't care. Well, as I look to the right, it's very easy, right? There's nothing back there. I can see very clearly. Then I go to twist to the left and I can't move my neck to the left. Like it's sore. It's, it's like there's, a, there's a, a, a tense muscle in my neck. I'm like, man, what am I going to do here? Like I, I can't look to the left. I can't see behind the car. What, what, what am I, what's, what, what's happening here? Why do I feel this way? See, I realized as I was cleaning up the smoothie, my neck had a little tightness to it. I ignored it like it was going to go away as I do so often to so many things. It certainly wasn't going to go away. I boxed. Didn't get punched in the face or anything like that, but still wasn't able to really get loose on my trap and in my shoulder. Put it out of my mind as I showered and cleaned myself off from the sweat of the workout. Then hop in the car and I'm instantly reminded. Well, I back out of the parking safe space, parking space safely. I don't run into anything. Things are good. But now here I am laughing at myself again. Like I'm sitting in the car. My neck hurts. Can't really be frustrated about it. I don't need my neck for much today just to keep my head on straight. That's probably an argument that we could all have, how often that actually happens. But what ends up happening is it comes to me as I'm driving. 
right? Driving to the office, actually driving to, to wash the truck, then driving to get a, a stand-up desk stand, right? I've, I've realized from this experience as well that I'm not meant to be sitting in a chair all the time, right? The, the pain I have in my hips, the lack of mobility that I have in my hips, the lack of functionality that I have in my quads and in my lower stomach, it's all because for lifetimes I've supposed to have been out walking, like gathering, hunting, looking for things. So I realize I can at least stand up to start with. So I get myself one of those stand-up stands and goes on the desk, one of the risers. And I'm realizing the pain in my neck is to reaffirm the fact I'm not supposed to look backwards anymore. Right? It doesn't really matter what I did yesterday. It doesn't matter the successes that I had in the web hosting world. It also doesn't matter the failures that I had right after where I got the truck repossessed. It doesn't matter that I had been unfaithful to every girlfriend I've ever had. It doesn't matter that I used to use anabolic steroids in a massive capacity. It's all behind me. There's no point in looking back there. And the crink of my neck is showing me that why do I keep trying to look back over my shoulder to explain away what I had done? There's no point in it. Think about yourself. Think of all the times you look backwards to try to justify a forward behavior where you let those memories of the past actually define the visions of the future you're trying to create. You're not alone, my friend. We've all been there. So much so that I'm being forced by the medicine, right? The plant-based medicine is still in me. Statistically, it's going to be my system processing through for somewhere between 15 and 21 days depending on my metabolism. I truly believe that it's still working. It's, I don't know how to say it other than miracles right now. Like, what does all this mean? Why is it showing me this? Am I going to accept these lessons or am I going to fight them? You see, the same thing came to me during our plant, plant medicine ceremonies. That all the stuff that's happened before is needed to happen to get me back in alignment with what my soul's purpose is, which is to lead people and to help people. I've been doing this for lifetimes, not just right now. And so it's showing me this today. As yesterday was a beautiful day. And today as there's arguments and fights and I'm listening to my wife, not her and I aren't arguing or fighting, but you know, there's things going on that she has to attack and handle inside of relationships that she has in her life. And now the stresses of life are starting to build back up. I'd have been off the grid and off the radar for really almost 10 days. And it's very easy to come back into what used to be normal life, which is no longer normal, and allow those old ways to creep up. But if I were to let those old ways creep back into my life, then that would mean I'd have to be looking backwards, not looking forwards. And so I have to grin and smile at the fact that medicine showing me I'm not going that way. And there's an irony to it as I'm sitting in a motor vehicle, because how many times have you heard that you can't drive the vehicle by looking in the rearview mirror. You're not going the way that reflection's showing. You're going forward. You have to look out the window. And lo and behold, looking out the window going forward is the only way that feels really comfortable. I'm like, man, what a beautiful lesson to get to learn today. Like, what a great thing to get to experience. The pain in the neck will go away, right? Maybe it's a massage. Maybe it's the infrared sauna or the red light or... Maybe it's just stretching. It will go away. The pain will subside. Everything that comes eventually goes. But the lesson that I can take from it is with me for as long as I want to hold on to it. Just like every lesson that you learn in your life. But are you learning the lesson and using them to propel you forward or are you using the lesson to keep you stagnant and looking backwards?
I am guilty of doing some of both. What I'm doing going forward is making a conscientious decision and an effort in a daily manner to not have that happen. And as it stops itself from happening, my life gets better. Again, right now, I don't necessarily care what you've been through. I care about you, so I care what you've had to experience. But let's come up with something crazy for just a moment, shall we? Let's say that you're, you can be a man or a woman, but I'm going to speak to just you as a lady. Let's say every man you've ever dated has cheated on you. I was a guy that was doing that. My hand is raised high in the studio. And let's say you, you finally meet a good guy or who you think to be a good guy. Right? You're at the gym. You're at your favorite place. Somewhere where it's a great place in your mind to meet the opposite sex. You're single. He's single. He does everything the right way. He's kind. He's courteous. He's polite. Doesn't feel like a sleazeball. Whatever the things are that you require. And after he finally asks you out, you say yes. You're on your first date, and for whatever the reason, your mind just keeps wandering back to how many other first dates you've been on with men that have ended up being complete idiots, like I used to be. And all of a sudden, it takes away from the present moment of what's, what's in front of you. And so some of that initial spark wears off. While the man in front of you has certainly done nothing to deserve that, not to the best of your ability, but yet here you sit, casting those aspersions upon him that he has no idea even exists. How much different would that date go for you if when you sit in front of him, in your mind you're thinking all the time, this man's great, he's going to love me, he's going he's to protect me, he's going to honor me. He's going to do all the right things and be all the right person for his, the best of his ability. And anybody that came before him was just a stepping stone to teach me what to look for. And so I can be more diligent to, to go forward in what I'm in search of. How much different does that hypothetical first date really feel for you? Even me saying it, the energy and vibration feels different. It's crazy what we do to ourselves by looking backwards. And we all do it. But from a sense of awareness, once you realize you do it, you can start to not do it. And the goal of these daily lessons and the things that I share are to bring awareness to things that are areas for opportunity in your life. Right? I have everything figured out from what I've been through in my life. The stuff that's coming that I can't quite see yet, I'm going to have to figure out to get through it. But I can guarantee you, I'm going to figure it out. That's how we're designed, you and I. We're problem solvers. We're, we're things, we like to figure things out to move forward. You have gotten through 100% of your worst days up until this point. Yes, all of them. I know that because you're listening, you're not dead, so you have to have gotten through them. No matter how crazy they felt, no matter how bad they were, no matter how grim, dark, gloomy, whatever you've been accused of or whatever you actually did, you're through it. So today is really simple. It's saying don't get, a, don't get that crick in your neck. Don't look backwards anymore. Learn from what you've done, but focus on the future. Because when you take those lessons that you've learned and you find them, right? you, you find the little nuggets along the way, then you own what you're supposed to have taken from them and you embody it as you make your future decisions, you'll find out that all the days going forward, you're able to get shit done.